Welcome back to the Devil Training Institute podcast. I'm Ross Thorburn, and on today's show, Simon Galloway and I are going to be talking about teacher training using discussion forums. If any of you have studied using an online teacher training course at some point, I guess part of that course would have involved posting things online and replying to other trainees with thoughts and ideas. And on today's show, Simon is going to be telling us some of his ideas about how trainers can make those effective, useful, fun, and engaging. And if you'd like to find out more about the ideas that Simon mentions in today's episode, then check out his book, Teaching Teachers Online, which is a guide to online teacher training. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Simon. Welcome back to the show. To begin with, I wanted to ask you about discussion forums in general and why they get used so much. I think in every single online course I've done over the last 10 years, and there's been quite a few of them, every single one of them has used a discussion forum. So what makes discussion forums so useful? Mm. I think the great thing about discussion forums is that they give trainees the chance to work through ideas at their own pace. And the other big benefit of a discussion forum is that they're just really, really simple and easy to set up. Like at its simplest level, you just put some kind of short video or article or podcast, ask discussion questions underneath, and then you just watch the responses come in and give some feedback. But it's really, you know, it's, it's so simple to set up. You could probably make a discussion forum task in 15 minutes. And if you ask the right questions, it will get a huge amount of reflection and discussion and learning. Yeah, what I love about them, I've got to say, is that they give people the chance to think a bit more about their answers before they respond. And I think that's really different to face-to-face training where you're discussing something and you have to think of answers or responses on the spot. But online, you don't have to do that, right? You can read something, think about it for a few hours or a few days before you reply to people. Yeah, I do totally agree. And it's a little bit dependent on the questions you ask. But if you ask the right questions you can certainly really get a lot of deep reflection. And I think it's great for non-native speaking trainees as well, because sometimes they do find it harder to think and say something. But yeah, you give them a bit of time and you can really see the quality of their thoughts. And I also think that for anyone who's just a bit more introverted, they might prefer interacting online to -to face-to-face. I heard a few stories from teachers at the beginning of the pandemic when lessons moved online that the students who were the stars of the online classes were often quite different to the students that were maybe most outspoken in face-to-face classes. And I think it's the same for, for teacher training as well. Yeah, I think that's one of the great benefits of doing online training is that you can cater to both types of training. Because you'll find that there are some trainees who prefer live webinars and there are others who prefer forums. And if you provide enough variety, then you make sure that both of them get a chance to shine and to show you what they can do. So face-to-face training often starts with an icebreaker so everyone can get comfortable talking to their fellow trainees. Can you tell us about why it's useful to do something similar to that in online courses, Simon? Yeah, sure. I think um, this is definitely important because the trainees don't meet each other face to face. It is quite a lot harder for them to kind of feel a connection with each other, which means that it's probably even more important to use icebreakers in online courses uh, than you would in face to face courses. I think one important thing is that trainees actually can visualize each other. 
I think having them post a photo of themselves is quite nice. Some trainees might not want to post a photo of themselves. So in that case, they could post something that they're interested in. But at least it kind of creates that connection at the beginning. And then in, in many courses that I run, I'll have some kind of icebreaker task in the first week and also in the second week as well, just to give them a little bit more chance to get to know each other. Next, Simon, I wanted to ask you about using pair tasks. So this is the idea that you get trainees to do something together in a pair or a small group before posting on the forum. I've got to say, as a trainee, I've never been a huge fan of those, but it's something you talk a bit about in your book. So what's your advice for making pair tasks useful and effective? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge of that is that trainees often have their own schedule and some trainees like to do everything at the beginning of the week. Some trainees like to do everything at the end of the week. Some trainees might just be busy that week and not want to actually engage in the tasks at all. But usually at the beginning of a course, the trainees are less likely to skip their tasks. Um, So I would say for icebreakers, it's normally all right, but it's good to put a kind of guide as to the deadline. So for example, contact your partner by Tuesday and arrange a voice call with your partner by this date and post in the forum by this date. So have it quite clearly laid out step by step. And I think it's also perhaps useful to tell trainees what to do if they can't get hold of their partner. If you can't get hold of your partner, either A, don't worry, it's okay to post a bit late, or B, contact your tutor who will assign you a new partner. But either way, just let them know what to do so that they don't feel like they're waiting around feeling frustrated. That's a really interesting point, Simon, about the participation in online courses and how it's usually highest at the beginning of the course. So if that's true, does it make sense then to put things like pair tasks and group tasks near the start of the course? Is that the idea there? I I would suggest perhaps more pair tasks at the beginning and then moving into group tasks later on. But I would also suggest having fewer group tasks later on as well. Yeah, with the pair tasks at the beginning of the course, it's likely that everybody will contact their partner. As you get midway through the course, some people might be busy or distracted and and not participate. But if you have a group task, that's okay. If there's four people in a group or three people and one of them can't participate, the task can still get done by the other two. But I would also suggest not having too many group tasks later in the course, because some trainees really like them, but some trainees don't. Some trainees like that chance to collaborate with others and share ideas. And with a group task, you can actually ask them to talk in a voice call. So they get that direct interaction that they can't get in the forums. But you get other trainees who prefer just to go through their own task at their own pace, and they don't want to be slowed down or pressured by group mates. So for those trainees, it's good to kind of limit the number of group tasks. Now, I find one of the biggest challenges with discussion forums is just getting trainees to interact with and respond to each other. And I find when this doesn't work, you get a trainee posting something, the trainer responding to that person and no one else talks. As a trainer, it's like you're having all these one-to-one interactions with different trainees, but it's just a bit of an audience. Obviously, that's not ideal. So what are some ways to encourage trainees to interact with each other on an online forum? If you really want trainees to interact, you've got to make that quite a clear expectation for the task. I would perhaps suggest using a a marking rubric and making like at least one point on the rubric is they've done their peer responses so that they know that that's an important part of the task rather than just something tagged on at the end. 
Um, and if there's a participation grade for the course, then that can be included in it. And then the trainees know that if they don't interact with their peers, then their grade will be lower. If there's no participation grade, you can still make it clear with the expectations, perhaps. And I often include a separate subheading for peer responses and say quite clearly, now interact with your peers in this way by this date, answering these questions and just break it down. So it's very, very step by step. Uh, One of my favorite tasks that you mention in your book for encouraging interactions between trainees in online forums is called Pass the Parcel. Can you tell us about that one, Simon? The Pass the Parcel idea is a a good one. This idea came from Jill Hadfield and Lindsay Clanfield's book, Teaching Language Online. And I think it's quite nice. You can have the first person post and then the second person post the response to the first person and then post their own ideas. And then the next person posts a response to the second person and then their own ideas. So everybody has to read the person before them because that's a big factor in what they're writing. So I think the next challenge after you get trainees to respond to each other on forums is to get them to actually say something meaningful to each other. And again, I find when this doesn't go well, you get trainees responding to each other saying, oh, well done, or yeah, I like your idea, very good. But obviously we want to go beyond that and get really meaningful and and sometimes critical interactions going on there. So how can you do that as a trainer? I think if you provide some sort of rubric for the trainees to use on each other's work that can help some amount and then i think having a marking rubric can help them get into the role of an assessor uh, instead of just saying the superficial stuff so you know if you ask them like look at these three or four areas of the peers post how well do you feel that they've answered that question and what suggestions do you have for them just to kind of break it down and help them look at it criterion by criterion I mean, I think that's one way. And another way is to make your own feedback on the trainee's feedback instead of on their actual post. So you can say, right, you're going to post, then you're going to respond to your peers. And then my trainer feedback is going to be about your peer response. So again, then they actually realize that that's a big part of the task and they have to put more effort in. And maybe another way that I've used is through annotations. So instead of them writing in the forum, they write like annotations in review boxes on their peers' actual document because it kind of brings them closer to the ideas that are being talked about and makes it a little bit easier for them to provide objective feedback instead of it being quite general when they're actually like highlighting part of an essay or a piece of work and commenting on it. It makes it more direct. Finally, Simon, I find, and I think a lot of teachers find that online courses can get pretty repetitive after a while. Now, in your book, you've got lots of great ideas for how trainers can introduce variety into the tasks using things like roles and debates and things. Tell us a bit about those, please. Yeah, I think you can create variety in lots of ways. And some of it is the task type and some of it's the interaction. Think, pair, share often works really well with forums. You get people to think about the ideas themselves and then talk about it with a partner but maybe do it on a voice call for that kind of immediate communication and interaction. And then they share what they've discussed with the whole group and respond to peers there. So you've got like a process from them thinking about their own ideas, then they're learning from their partner, and then they're learning from the whole group. Um, You can do jigsaw tasks quite nicely too, but it's more complicated because it does require a group. But, you know, you've got like every member of the group has a different piece of input that they're learning from. Then they come together 
and share them more within their small group and they learn from each other and then maybe post something from the group in the main forum. And you can run things like debates, discussions. It can all be done. Debates, I would say, a little bit trickier to set up if you have a big group. But you can, of course, divide people into smaller groups, brainstorm their ideas asynchronously, but then have them actually run the debate live in a webinar. So you can always put both webinar tasks and discussion forum tasks together in a task sequence. And something that I've tried quite a lot more recently, which I think works really nicely, is having the trainees talk to peers in their own school. So often you've got a group and, you know, they all come from different schools, but they're doing an online course together. So their own colleagues are resources for them. They can learn from senior staff in their school, or they can even learn, you know, from discussing stuff with other teachers and finding out if they have ideas in common, what they can do together. Maybe it's a co-teacher and they make a plan together, or it's a senior teacher and they learn from them and ask them questions and learn from their experience. And then they come back to their online trainee peers group and talk about what they've learned. And it reminds them that their colleagues are resources for learning from too. I really like using jigsaw tasks. And often what I'll do is I'll just give trainees a choice of what input they want to read or listen to. So say we're doing a task about teacher talk this week, then I might give all the trainees the same task, like summarize what you think are the advantages and disadvantages of teacher talk and what you can use in your classes. But then trainees have got a choice of what input they get. So they could either watch a video, listen to a podcast, read something from a book chapter. And then if everyone has that kind of different input, then I think that really encourages the trainees to read each other's posts to find out what information they might have missed from those other mediums. Yeah, it's a more kind of efficient way to do the input as well for some trainees. Because imagine that there's quite a lot of input one week and some trainees don't have time to read it all. And some trainees maybe don't like reading or researching stuff that much. They'd rather just read the condensed version from their peers. Some people might want to read everything in detail and others might be quite happy to read their peers' work and save a bit of time. One more time, everyone. That was Simon Galloway. If you enjoyed that, remember you can find out more fantastic ideas about how to do online teacher training in Simon's book, Teaching Teachers Online. There's a link to that in the show notes, or you can just search for Teaching Teachers Online on Amazon. If you'd like to support the show, then you can leave us a review wherever you listen, or if you'd like to support us in a more tangible way, then click on the link in the show notes to buy us a coffee. Thanks again to all of you who've already done that. We'll see you again next week. Goodbye.